0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Electric Podcast. I'm Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing, Seth?
1: I'm good. I get a Model 3 today, maybe.
0: Yeah, not only do you get a Model 3, but uh, you're getting your own Model 3 today, supposedly. Hopefully. It's been been a while, so we don't (laughs) know for (laughs) sure. There's been a few delays. But you also got to drive one all week back in uh, in California, so that must have been a, a good experience for you.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Tesla gave us a uh, Model Three to drive around. Uh, we, uh, Stephen Abner, and I were at uh, Google I/O covering it for Nine to Five Google, so that was awesome.
0: Yeah. So, uh, did did you get to drive it before? Like, were, were you? Was it the first yeah, time? Or
1: uh, I I had driven it once, uh, and I had driven in it at that um, oh yeah unveiling advail- yeah. event, but not really ever you know, uh, behind the wheel for a long period of time. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I was very surprised how light and nimble it felt. Um, you know, just generally speaking, and also how little battery, um, we used, uh, during the, I mean, we were driving around, uh, San Francisco for the better part of three days. And I think we only, you know, we, we needed to charge, well, we didn't even need to charge, but we only, took off like a hundred, hundred miles. And usually, well, I mean this California weather compared to New York and California highways versus New York highways. Mm-hmm. But, um, we actually got the exact mileage that Tesla said we were getting versus, uh, the model X in New York, which, you know, you have to drive very delicately to, to get even close to the, the expected mileage. So that's a That, that makes me excited for, for getting this car.
0: Yeah, for sure it's a much more efficient vehicle when you come coming from a Model X. And yeah. uh yeah, you save like a thousand pound, more than that, like 1500 pounds maybe.
1: Yeah, I think it's a thousand over the Model S and then yeah. another whatever that is over the Model X.
0: Yeah. And so that makes it a much more efficient vehicle. So with even with a smaller battery pack, you get much more range all of it. But yeah, so you're getting your own one later today and uh, I'm sure going to talk about it next week uh, with uh, your old delivery experience. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean, speaking of delivery experience, we we could we could start talking about the Model Three being delivered today for the first time in Canada. So the Model Three is officially going international now, not just in the US. Some Canadian reservation holders that have been waiting for the car for a long time too uh, are getting the car today.
1: So basically, I'm like a Canadian.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, they, they waited just just at the right time, and um, so so yeah. What what well, we've been speaking mainly about Canadian deliveries is how Tesla is going to handle its rollout strategy based on trying to optimize um, the federal tax credit back in the U.S. But the more it goes, like the, it doesn't seem to be that much of a, a part of Tesla's strategy at this point. I mean, we might be mistaken, but like Tesla is still uh, – well, they haven't sent out a new new batch of invitation in the U.S. in the past two weeks. So that could be an indicator if, if that trend continues over the next two three weeks then we, we can start to be more suspicious about that and we could start a real, see a real slowdown in deliveries uh, for the end of the quarter but otherwise like set is getting his own today and it, it looks like there's still plenty plenty of vehicles going to um, delivery centers all over the all over the country so if there's a slowdown it's not about the deliveries right now it's more about uh, turning reservation into orders for the rest of the U.S. So we might see more uh, invites to configure in, the, in Canada, though, and we've seen one just uh, a week ago. So I think there, there's there's still um, the um, the argument. There's still an argument to be made about this optimizing with uh, US, uh, Canadian deliveries. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, we're we're looking at another month and a half, or close to a month and a half. I guess it's it's May 11th today, so they have the rest of May and the rest of June to not deliver their 200,000th car in the U.S. Yeah, um, As long as they can defer that to January 1st, then uh, they, Tesla will have another month of the $7,500 U.S. tax credit before it drops down to 3750
0: Yeah, and that can be worth millions and millions and millions of dollars if Tesla achieves its 5,000 uh, 5, mp per week's production rate, which now it looks like they might be uh, pretty serious about hitting the target because uh, we know that Tesla introducing new option on the Model 3 was very dependent on Tesla hitting the uh, the target and now uh, Elon said today that they're going to open up the orders for the first new variation of the Model 3 we're talking about the dual motor and the uh, performance version and probably the uh, white interior too as uh, we understand and so if – well, they, they said the opening order, so it doesn't mean that the deliveries will happen in July, but they are aiming for those orders to end up into deliveries in July. So if that's the case, it looks like Elon is pretty confident right now that they're going to get the 5000 Otherwise, they would be creating a lot of delays for the people that are going to place those orders next week, at the end of next week, he said. Because we know that normally Tesla, when they open up an order on the Model Three, they are looking for four to eight weeks uh, for deliveries. I know that's not exactly what happened for you but, uh <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh Actually,
1: four to six weeks is what I was told. Uh, yeah, four,
0: uh, forty-eight is Canada. Yeah, you're right. So four, four to six weeks—that's uh, what they're telling uh, reservation reservational in the U.S. when they're transferring their reservation into an actual order and placing that five thousand dollar deposit before they uh, they, uh, they take delivery. So yeah, now so now of course lot of speculation about what's going to be the pricing of those vehicles, what's going to be the spec of those vehicles. And so we're going to have the confirmation next week, probably. So we won't go much too, too much in detail, maybe just a little quick prediction or something like that. But uh, the, I think the most important thing is that if they're going to finally release those specs and pricing. And we've been asking for those for a while now. So even though they weren't actually taking orders for them, I think they should have released those those information that information a long time ago because it it makes uh, people that are placing order for the the current version of Model Three take more, more, much more educated uh, purchasing decision, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now a lot of people are on the fence. Like I know I mm-hmm. I was, and and I, I know you are about like, well, you know, a couple of questions. Like one, you know, how much extra is the all wheel drive version going to cost? How you know what what are the specs of that? And then more importantly, uh, what are the specs of the performance version? and cost of the performance version so if if the performance version is absurd you know if they if it costs 10 or 20 thousand dollars more i don't think a lot of people are going to take that jump because the all-wheel drive version has to be faster than the two-wheel drive version and the two-wheel drive version you know they're getting 4.6 zero to 60s even though tesla says it's over five seconds so like it's got to be, you know, the some. There's got you know, the all-wheel drive's got to be less than four point six seconds. So you're already talking about a really fast car, and then it has to be in
0: practice. But they might advertise it differently. That's the other thing too. So we're That's gonna true. we're gonna take those specs next week next week with with a grain of salt because, I mean, w- w- what can they announce? Like if they announce like four seconds or something like that then it, it, you're getting pretty close to like a model s and and we know that they don't want to try to cannibalize the cells of the model s with the model 3 too much so this is gonna, it's it's really going to be weird i think uh but yeah the other thing of course like so in my case i, I knew for a fact i was gonna wait for the all-wheel drive no matter what so that uh, when i got my invite to configure that wasn't too big of a difference but now it's more about now that I know that the performance version is going probably at the same time as the all-wheel drive, now I'm taking. Uh, I have a decision to make between the performance version and the all-wheel drive, and yeah. So the big question is how much more expensive the performance version will be over the all-wheel drive. Uh, I think most pe- most people assume that the all-wheel drive is going to be uh, less than five thousand dollars on an option, since it's it was five thousand for the Model S back when. All-wheel drive wasn't standard, more or less. Now, now it is. You, you cannot buy one without uh, a dual-motor all-wheel drive. So it has to be 5000 or less. I think that's that's a safe assumption. I agree. I, I predict probably around $4,000 going to make sense. Maybe even it's a safe. little less. But I think Tesla, of course, is trying to optimize the, the gross margin of Model 3. Uh, we know that they are losing money on it right now. And they want to turn a profit in Q3 and Q4. So I think like the option might be expensive. So uh, even though I think a three thousand dollars might make more sense for uh, a dual motor Model Three, I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to four thousand. So for me in Canada, that's not, that's closer to five thousand. So it's, got, it's starting to add up. Then the performance version, I mean, performance version is anybody's guess. I think at this point. If and normally the, the other interesting thing too is that normally. Tesla, the way that they sell a performance version vehicle, if uh, we uh, go back historically with the Model S and X, they bundle up all the option on it. So you you you're sort of forced to take a bunch of option with the. Uh, uh, so for example uh, the of course the the option on the Model 3 right now already pretty much bundled up. So it's it's you it, it, it could end up just the same thing. But the pre- right now the premium interior package on the Model 3. It's probably going to be standard on on on, uh, on the performance version too. Probably on the all-wheel drive too, unless well, they're going to be the white interior that's probably going to be offered at the same time too. But I think the white interior is going to be part of uh, the premium package, right? It's not. Yeah,
1: I think. Well, what if they made the white a hey, performance-only option? That would be kind of.
0: Yeah, well, that would be a good way to sell it. Actually, to, mm-hmm. to sell the performance version and make again with the focus on the gross margin that uh, that would make sense, but. I mean, a fully equipped Model 3 right now is already, uh, what, close to $60,000? Like, it's $59,000 all equipped? Uh, Yeah.
1: So, I mean, if you include wheels, we're we're assuming new wheels are going to come with the
0: performance. And and with the autopilot I'm talking to. So, for the autopilot because it doesn't really play into the performance of the car. So, $50,000 is like a fully equipped uh, Model 3 without autopilot. So how much more can you go and get close to Model S? I mean, 10,000 10, would make sense, I think. And what do you put in a performance Model 3, too? Like Normally, it's just we're just talking about a more powerful uh, rear-wheel drive motor.
1: We're, yeah, and so we know that it's not going to be uh, air suspension.
0: Yeah, right, right. That's a good point, too. We forgot to mention about that. But when Elon on Twitter confirmed that... Uh, dual motor and performance are coming in july well they already, he already said that it's not gonna really, He said that they are going to open up the order for it uh, next week for deliveries in july or production in july he's also said that air suspension is going to only come next year so normally um tesla package the air suspension with the performance version so performance version and suspension air suspension came together Won't be the case for the Model Three or the performance Model Three, or at least the the performance Model Three for the first year. That's what it sounds like. I don't think most people will be mad about that. Like, uh, well, you you said you had a a weird experience with with the suspension on Model Three this week. Oh yeah. So um,
1: I'll just really, really quickly. Um, It's a newer one, so there has been an update to the uh, Model Three suspension. Um, but I, you know this is a newer VIN, um, and driving it on a uh, dirt road uh, that 's uh, you know, near the shoreline amphitheater parking lot, um, you would get like these when when you hit the bumps the, the it reminded me of when I had a car back in college that had like really bad struts and stu- uh, shocks, and it, it made like knocking noises when the when the, uh, when you'd hit the bumps and it wasn 't like the the bump it was actually like the suspension. So I don't know if that was just a bad unit or or what but um you know like I, I hope the one I get doesn't have that same
0: uh issue. Yeah. Uh but also uh coil suspension are often preferred by people that like like performance handling and and, uh, and this type of driving. So we're going to see but at the same time we're already seeing aftermarket modification for the suspension of the Model Two becoming popular with uh, uh, performance handling uh, aficionado. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised that uh, uh, some of the aftermarket Tesla uh, tuners like uh, the unplugged performance and the T-Sport line of the world start to uh, get on that trend a little bit. <laughs> and yeah, also. just
1: just in case you're a SpaceX fan, uh, we're watching the launch of the uh, uh, today's thing go... And there it goes. Uh, just a brief interlude here. Yeah, it looks for, like you clear
0: the tower and everything. Take off. There's still going to be a few a few steps in the, in the way, but uh, normally when they clear the tower, you're, you're, it's already pretty good. But uh, we we wouldn't be angry with you if you want to finish it uh, before coming back to the electric podcast. But uh, we we need to focus on uh, on our article this week. Yeah. Uh, normally, we're also a big fan of, uh, of watching the, the SpaceX launches.
1: Yeah, if if I'm not responsive, it's because I'm just watching that yeah. off off on the side. But anyway, so let's go back to Tesla. Model,
0: yeah, right? well, I, I mean, we'll be much covered, like, like we said, with uh, the performance version and the dual motor. We're going to probably talk about it all uh, next week anyway when they release the specs and we're going to have much better information. But we, we, we know... Uh, we, I don't think there's going to be any big surprises in terms of pricing. So probably like 4000 maybe 10000 10, to 15000 for the performance version, uh, which, which is going to be a gross margin grabber. I mean, it's not... <laughs> it's sort of bigger real mortars. Maybe there's going to be a few different modification things, but I, I would be surprised if there's anything significant. But in terms of specs... If we're talking it's gonna the fuck is gonna be an acceleration, like all of this less performance vehicle. Um I think the all wheel drive is gonna be advertised in the four seconds, but I wouldn't be surprised if the actual performance is closer to three seconds and like the highest three the high three seconds, something like that. And any
1: chance that I get near the Model S top speed of two point what is it, two point three right now?
0: The top speed? The top speed is the one fifty five.
1: Uh no, no, I mean the the zero to
0: sixty. Uh, okay, the, the the zero to sixty. Yeah, the, but the performance version. Like I was talking with just all wheel drive, all wheel drive. I'm saying like four seconds. advertised, in the four second. Okay. advertise in probably in the three seconds in practice. But for the performance version, uh, I think it's gonna be advertised in the in the three seconds. Uh, but like maybe it could get close to the two two seconds. Like probably not two point four. Like. Uh, like you can actually get an normal SP100D with ludicrous, uh, ludicrous mode activated, but uh, certainly possible. I mean, I, the car won't be more than like 39 hundred pounds. Like you won't, it won't be more than that. Like I would not be surprised if it's into more than that. And it's still gonna pack like uh, probably over four, five hundred horsepower. Uh, yeah, kilowatts. So pretty much same thing. Right? So yeah, I won't be surprised if, uh, if it gets close to that. It's going to be a lot yeah. more fun to, to handle, too, than the Model S. I mean, it's, it just it feels so much lighter. I mean, it's going to be a fun car to take to it to Cross 7 and stuff like that, that's for sure.
1: I mean, how do you feel about uh, the Model S getting cannibalized by the Model 3? I, that's something like the first time, since the first time I rode in the Model 3. I was like, I like this a lot more than the Model S. I, I think Tesla's sales of Model S are going to be impacted.
0: Yeah, well, I do like a lot the instrument cluster in the model in the Model S. Like, I love my navigation system, like right in front there in the, in the Model S. That's uh, like a big advantage a lot of. So I think I'm gonna miss that in the Model Three. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms simply on performance, I, I get I get it. I get the the concern for uh, uh, from a Tesla investor perspective and stuff like that. But not until like its production is good. They still have to just too much backlog in order that if you want a tester right now, your chances are just so much better with the Model S than it is with a Model Three. Right, and that has a big impact. Like people forget how much even even though it's an expensive product, like impulse buying is affects all kind of classes in society the rich the rich and the poor so, so the rich people the, the, just like anybody else they the, when they get an idea that they want to buy a certain car like they want it right now they don't want to wait weeks and and stuff like that so uh I think for the meantime it won't be a big problem and of course there's always the speculation that Tesla's gonna update them all S two and then that will fix the issue so right of course we we haven't confirmed yeah. that yet but um but speaking of that and transitioning, uh, we
1: saw uh, Tesla released a new video uh, this week, which was quite popular.
0: Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to use that as a segue for, for the update of the interior of the MLS. Oh, yeah.
1: Which way am I going to segue here?
0: <laughs> but yeah, well, if we go to the, mystery, uh, the, the video of the mystery car... Um. Yeah, Tesla. It was weird that he called it the Tesla quarterly all ends video. Did you get that? Did you get like what does that mean? I
1: don't know. (laughs) Do they do quarterly videos? I don't even know if they're. Yeah, that that was the
0: first for me. So I'm seeing like, is that gonna be a standard on every quarter? But if that's the case, like. That particular video wasn't about the last quarter alone. I mean, it was what much more than that. It was a Tesla Semi. Tesla Semi was on the like quarter before. Sure. It was a Roadster. It was a, It's a, like pretty much a last year mainly. Right. But yeah, so the the thing that caught most people's attention was the quick shot inside inside the Tesla Design Studio, and uh, you see a car partly under wrap, and no one can exactly make what that car is. And, of course, just based on the timing, people are thinking Model Y because like that would make sense to be in the design studio right now. That would be something that Tesla is working on in terms of the design aspect.
1: It's kind of low, though, for a Model Y. I mean, at least what I think the Model Y is going to be.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that was my first thought, too. But there's clearly parts missing on the car, too. So maybe, maybe just like, it's just the, the way that uh, the wrap is falling on the missing parts. Okay, and also the angle is weird. Uh, it could be higher than it seems based on the angle. Right, it's a, it's a low angle. Yeah, but could be it could be pretty much anything really. Like like we said, a Model S refresh could be something, but uh, the door seems weird for a Model S refresh. So, like it could be also a, re- a really early prototype or something. So it's not doesn't seem completely complete. Uh, like. I'm, it could be anything, so I mean, it's fun. It's a, it's a tease, but like we don't we don't have much to go on here. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's not like Tesla accidentally let these guys shoot. They they looked at it to make sure that there was, yeah, just enough, just enough to tease you and not enough to.
0: Actually, yeah, they look info. at the footage a bunch of times saying, oh, oh, maybe too much. This time they reshoot it. Oh, let me just pull the, the wrap right. a little bit underneath here. And uh, it was this
1: isn't, this isn't a happy accident, this is yeah. a purposeful, like yeah. enticing thing.
0: Clearly, clearly. Uh, another interesting shot in that video was the roadster, so we got a little bit more footage of the roadster in, 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 in the action. daytime. And yeah, the biggest difference is uh, a view from the cockpit in daytime, which we never had before. So Seth got a test ride in it during the event in in November, but it was super dark. You don't see much. Uh, Now you have a way better idea of uh, the interior of the car with that shot from the cockpit. You see that you have the same uh, HVAC system, the the same air ventilation system as the Model 3 is in the car. Uh, The... The steering the steering wheel does look so weird though with uh because there's no instrument cluster, uh and you, you see the the this steering shaft just coming out of the dash.
1: Yeah, it looks very it looks I mean it looks a little bit like Night Rider, but it looks also a little beta. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah, seem yeah. like they've finished what yeah. they're what they're going for. But maybe that's what they're going for. It's like really Spartan.
0: Yeah. I don't know. And yeah and they're saying that the steering is gonna be in the production car, so it's not even though it's just a prototype right now that they they're saying that it's something that's gonna but didn't they see the same thing about the mole three uh what did, oh that was uh no that was that was a screen and they ended up actually doing it so <laughs> yeah uh, and in terms of the screen here you can you can see so it's uh, unlike the mold three it's not um uh ver- it's vertical instead of being horizontal and so closer to what we are seeing right now on the mole s and x but clearly different one it's curved right it's inside a car like it's curved with the dash uh
1: i can't tell if that's just uh the camera the way the camera angle went um i don't remember it being curved that much when i was inside if i mean it seemed very subtly curved but um You know, the bigger picture for me on the the different displays is, like, Tesla engineers have to, like, go with three different, you know, if they do the Roadster. Mm -hmm. They've got the Model S and X vertical and then the second screen. They've got the Model 3 uh, portrait screen and and OS. And now they have this third OS. And it it seems to me, I mean, it's kind of strange that they're so loosey-goosey with these things. Like, it would be Mm -hmm. pretty easy to put in a much cooler-looking portrait display that was exactly like the model 3 or a model s display so this is like a third version of the os that uh they're showing here which is kind of nuts
0: yeah well it's still like they could change it too like we don't we don't we don't know it's not the third thing that was interesting was the shot inside like a warehouse or or maybe like a a factory or any building of some sort anyway uh, of a Model Three, a black uh, matte black Model Three, that uh, looked like uh, one of the Alpha prototype, but yeah. it seems to be with probably an updated powertrain though. Uh, they they made the shot in one way to focus on on the wheel, and you see the red caliper, which is a signature of a, of a Tesla's performance vehicles, and uh, also the shot of the front wheel. So maybe indicating like it's a it's a front drive motor. So
1: Right and and you know would will Matt be one of the options for the performance vehicles like an exclusive paint job for that would be
0: yeah worth some money
1: right there yeah,
0: yeah I th- I think that would make sense I think they should do something like that but it could also just be the fact that they have uh they, they use the Alpha prototype and just updated the powertrain with with, with something that uh, either a dual motor or a performance one most likely a performance one because of the again of, of the calipers but uh yeah if they would bring back the and ilana actually said it at some point he said that he was so surprised by um at the uh, reception of the black Matic prototype when they unveiled the alpha uh, version of the car that he was going to bring it to production which he didn't do uh with the first production run for 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 the long range battery pack model 3 uh so maybe he he's still not he's coming back to to that prom- original promise and uh uh, going with uh, performance version only. Of course, it's 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 a nightmare to clean, and it's uh it's it's tough to keep clean. But uh,
1: and you don't have kids and pets.
0: Yeah, well, the exterior of the car, it's not yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, I mean, it looks it looks just so cool with the tinted windows too. But uh, yeah, I mean, something to keep in mind. Anyway, you can go check the video on Tesla's YouTube. It's it's just awards. It, it, it's worth the, the two minutes uh, to watch
1: yeah it's a, it's a good like get hyped about you know I, I get it that it's like an internal video as much as an external video mm-hmm. it's like hey get hyped about what we're doing we're doing you know energy storage we're doing solar we're doing crazy cars and here's the reactions of people
0: and everybody loves us and, and yeah. we're awesome <laughs> yeah at the end with the with the woman testing them on the road and going only and they cut the video at the end, right?
1: I, I <laughs> wish they would good. put me in there. I'm surprised that uh, my my
0: uh... no, everybody got mad at your at your reaction in that video. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna <laughs> they, say. They I said was that like, you look so unimpressed by it. You <laughs> well, I was trying not to like scream like i did well, yeah, last time. Curse or anything like that. well right i, I mean just the the p100 yeah, I, I didn't get a test ride in the roadster but I, I don't have a reaction at least not a reaction during the acceleration because you're just completely stuck so i have to imagine that with 1.9 seconds it's even worse than that so.
1: yeah you're just basically trying not to let, like pass out
0: yeah, and I have the same thing in roller coaster. Like people, it's it's good to scream when you're on roller coasters and like that. And I have the complete reverse reaction where I just go completely silence and just <laughs> try uh, to deal. Yeah, try to deal with the G force. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a cool um, a cool video to come out this week. Uh, but yeah, the other thing that we were gonna talk about before going to that video was the uh, slight Model S and X interior update. So we got that tip this week that Tesla updated the. Um, the interior uh, with somewhat minor updates, really. We're talking about all the um, interior trims are being updated to uh, a, a graphite finish, a darker graphite finish than they were before. So it's, it's going a bit more darker, a little bit more graphite looking. Uh, That's a good the-
1: look. I like. I think it's a good look, especially for summer. Uh, I I would... Like, if that was a Model 3 option, I would definitely take it.
0: Yeah. Well, darkers also look normally a little bit more minimalist and a little bit bo- more rich, a little bit more um, luxurious, maybe. And that's, of course, something that the com- a complaint that has come back a lot about the Model S interior over the years, especially for people coming from other luxury vehicles. Yep. Uh, the other thing is a new bundle uh, uh, a new interior bundle so uh, if you don't know uh, last year Tesla ended up bundling all the interior options so instead of yourself choosing the trim, choosing the headliner choosing the seats uh, I mean the materials for each of those um, each of those components of the interior, instead they bundle it up together in different options that they themselves curate so it's allowed them to to streamline the production process but also the the option itself so Sometimes people just choose stupid things that don't look good. And Tesla doesn't want that out there, so now they just they they, they have only uh, combinations of of interior materials that they like themselves. And the new ones is uh is called the the cream premium. Well, it, it, there was already a cream premium, meaning that the cream leather or fake leather or whatever you want to call it. Um, but now the finish with them is uh is with a uh, Hulk finish on the on the dashboard and on the center console. And, uh, uh, no, there's nothing on the door. Uh, no, it's mainly the dash in the center console. It's a, a lighter oak instead of a, a oak with a, a dark finish that it was there before. So not, nothing massive, nothing really impressive, but a slight little update that uh, we wanted to let you know, guys. I'm moving on. Uh, I think we are to the Bridal review right now, right? <laughs> So that was actually yeah. the biggest article of the week that we had that uh, electric. Uh, and we reported back on uh, on Saturday. That uh that's something that has been coming along for a while now, but uh we didn't know just how serious Elon was about this was about uh, this. Uh, so he's been talking about for a while that there was a problem with contractors and subcontractors working at Tesla, mainly at Tesla's Freeman factory, and he talked about doing a complete review of them, to to just keep the ones that they considered excellent, and so that that was back when we leaked an email that he sent out to uh, to employees uh, almost a month ago, really. Then he talked about it again last week on the uh, earnings calls, and he he talked about them being barnacles uh, on Tesla ships, uh, but what it culminated to past Saturday on an email that we uh, we leaked, is uh, they are doing a full review of them, but the way they are doing it is that each contractor working at Tesla needs to be vouched for by an official Tesla employee in order to right. keep their so job. Right,
1: that, so that puts the onus on the employees to make sure that the the uh, contractors are doing good work and, and being honest. And by doing that the employee will vet the contractor to make sure that they're doing what they're they're supposed to be doing theoretically so that when somebody catches the contractor not doing what they're supposed to be doing, then the employee also gets in trouble. So it's kind of putting responsibility to the employees.
0: Which was always the case anyway. So who hires those contractors, the <laughs> Tesla employees yeah, hiring like, the contractors? Kind of just
1: wandering around collecting paychecks. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, is, it doesn't work like that. So uh if if anyone's gonna be vouching for them, it has to be like the, the Tesla managers that hired them in the first place. Uh I think those are the ones that should be worried right now. And uh well of course the contractors should be worried too because it's pretty stern statement that he said. I mean I'm gonna read the The email to you just just so you understand the language that's using here. Uh, Please also you, you, you start by referencing another email, but that not that important. Please note my comment below about contractor companies and consultants. I extended the performance evaluation deadline to provide more opportunity to demonstrate excellence, but now the time is up. Please send a note to HR before Monday justifying the excellence necessity and trustworthiness by individual. Not just the contractor company as a whole, of every non-Tesla person who has a badge access to our buildings or network access to our system. By default, anyone who does not have a Tesla employee putting their reputation on the line for them will be denied access to our facilities and networks on Monday morning. This applies worldwide. Time to scrub off the barnacles, tanks, Iran. So that was last Monday. So presumably. There were a bunch of uh, Tesla contractors that uh, didn't have access to uh, to the buildings and to the network uh, this week.
1: Hmm. It's, it kind of baffles the mind, though. Like who's who's getting contractors that they wouldn't stand up for anyway?
0: Well, it gets out of control sometimes. Like depending on the uh, on the scope of a contract, like sometimes contractor will uh, will hire subcontractors and then. Right. So it's it becomes a, a sort of a, of a game of just all the little work you can do and still get that paycheck. So. Right, that's a good
1: point. I mean, this is a good way to get rid of subcontractors because yeah. if you don't have a Tesla employee directly vouching for you, then you are a sub tra- subcontractor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because a contractor's vouch, you know, a contractor brought you in. Yeah. So, I guess that's what
0: that means. That's a good point. And it's also like the way they did it is Pretty harsh, but it's also a great way to just keep the very best one because no one's gonna put, I'm quoting, reputation on the line for a subpar contractor. I mean, if if uh, I, I, I were at this employee's employee and uh, I'm, I'm facing this situation and I, I'm working with a few contractor, I mean, I'd be very careful to send that email to HR with uh, with someone that I have some doubts about their um, their contribution to the company. But yeah, so that was real right. So the focus was people were taking Fremont, especially with the, the Model 3. And uh, we, we know that Tesla at times employed hundreds of, uh, of uh, contractors at Fremont, so temporary employees that are part of an agency that Tesla is bringing in to, uh, uh, to get more workers in the factory to, to try to ramp up the Model 3 production. And uh, we know that Tesla is still hiring a lot to, uh, in order to ramp up that, uh, that production. So it could be a significant number of people, and also it worked with the fact that again Tesla was working to increase uh, the the margin on the Model Three, which was still negative uh, during the last quarter. And of course, when you cut jobs, you, you cut costs, and if you cut costs, then you, you can achieve a higher margin if you can still maintain your production rate uh, with those fewer uh, hands uh, at work in Fremont and elsewhere. Apparently, too, it wasn't just free, it wasn't just free Um Well, speaking of Elon too, uh, he he did a a quite a a big purchase of stock this week. Well, not that big,
1: huge, but yeah, not Elon money, but
0: yeah, (laughs) relative to his current stake, it's not huge, but it's still a ten million dollar stock buy in one day uh, that he did uh, this week. But the most interesting thing is that he did it right after uh, calling out the the shorts, uh, people that are trying to bet against Tesla stock. And um, so there's a, a lot of different ways to look at it. Uh, of course, the shorts, the side as a way for Elon to initiate that short squeeze that he's himself uh, predicting. So trying to make it a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will. Uh, of course, with the $10 million buy, it's not that big of a direct impact. There's, of course, the indirect the impact of him investing in the stock right now. Could influence other people to put more money in it, but I mean, Elon already is so has so much interest into Tesla stock that him adding ten million to that interest, I mean, it's not it doesn't have that big of an impact. Like it's it's, not, it's really not. It's symbolic, and I think, yeah. um,
1: I think you know, he wanted the uh, the securities and exchange form to go public, and I think it was a sign to the yeah, uh, you know the. The shareholders and the shorts alike that he, you know, he thinks it's a buying opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's that's mostly it. The other thing that I thought was interesting from it is also the fact that due to uh, insider trading rules, uh, it might indicate that there is not going to be any big uh, non-public information to come out in the near future. Otherwise, it could be seen as an issue in terms of insider trading rules. Though it's not like there's there's some room. Um, to play with those rules it mostly have to do with selling if you sell stock right before bad news come out and you can prove that in knew the bad news that looks the worst if you're buying into uh, something and it and doesn't sell right after for example there's uh, big news that come out it, normally they you, you don't come down on you for it so it's not a complete indicator that nothing big is going to come out that has been unannounced yet uh, and anyway I mean Elon pretty much pre-announced anything. So there's an announcement about an announcement coming. So if he hasn't pre-announced anything, there's nothing that's going to come out uh, next week. It's not like Tesla's going to surprise us with the Model Y next week. But
1: I think Tesla is going to say something about that um, gigawatt project or something.
0: He said a few months, so it might not be like that soon. I don't think it would right. be an issue if it's, if it's a few months from now. Like the the thing next week is going to be the model three, like the new version. That, I mean, it sounds like they're just going to open the order and uh, we're going to open, uh, you go to your Tesla account, you open your design studio, and you you get the specs there. It doesn't even sound like it's going to be a a big announcement from it. (laughs) Uh, Normally, which is weird, right?
1: Yeah. It seems like that would be worth
0: having at least a small event, like an analyst call or something. Yeah, the dual motor event was huge. Right, I know, I know. One. It's not that big because there's already a dual motor car for Tesla, so it's just bringing that to Model Three. But it's still like a big update to Model Three. Like it's just two new version of it, two more powerful version of it, all wheel drive version of it. So maybe not an event, but if like probably like some press material or something like that that we can work with. But I don't know. We'll see. We didn't we didn't check in with Tesla about that yet. It just it was just announcing it today. Oh yeah, anyway.
1: for what it's worth, I when I was in uh, at the headquarters. I asked if I could check out the all-wheel drive version, and they told me no.
0: So. <laughs> Big surprise there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing we can move on to uh, is the uh, the accident this week that uh, ended up making the national news. And we want to talk about that because we had a, a little controversy, a little on uh, on Twitter about it with another member of the Tesla community, and uh, we want to clear this up um you can you can go read the article itself first and it hasn't been modified since it's uh, exactly the same that it it was before uh the story itself so there was an accident earlier this week in florida where two teens were killed in uh, a model 3 mls sorry mls crash uh the the police is investigating, probably speed being an issue. So, they were in a residential area and they apparently lost control, went off road, hit a concrete wall, and uh, the, the car caught on fire, burned. Not clear how they died if they died from the fire or if they, they were killed on impact. We, we don't know. It was a 13 that was uh, exposed from the vehicle that was uh, from during the impact. And uh, last we heard, he was still in the hospital. Not in a critical condition, but uh, and still uh, gravely injured.
1: Likely, uh, that indicates that they were going quite fast. If he was like thrown from the vehicle yeah. upon impact,
0: yeah, and,
1: and also also it was not in autopilot, or at least Tesla does not believe it was in autopilot, just by the circumstances. Yeah,
0: the, no. the, the autopilot would have been locked at thirty five miles per hour in that uh, area, so. It doesn't make sense that they were going to the five miles per hour in that residential zone, so anyway we uh just to give you some background, I got a bunch of tips uh during the day about that, and I just didn't report on it because I didn't think it was really newsworthy uh, a crash I, sometimes I do report on crashes. Uh, but I only report on them if I think there's something to learn from them. If uh, if there's something to learn about Tesla uh, uh, safety features, either the active safety feature, the passive safety features, and like that. If if there's a fire, like if there's just a fire from a crash, I don't think it's a big deal because of course car cra- uh, 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 catch on fire after a crash quite often, whether they electric or not. Uh, if they catch on fire though uh, without a crash, so that we're that gonna report on, and we we have in the past, like. Uh, there was the one in France when the car they were just having a test drive and the car caught on fire. And the, Norway, wasn't it? No, that wasn't France. Okay, uh, but there was also uh, no. You're referring to the one while charging. Too. Charging so that, in Norway. That's a big yeah. one too. Of course, we're gonna report on that if the car catch on fire with charging because that has that has to indicate has a problem of some, of some sort either with the charger or the car. Uh, but that wasn't the case here, so there was nothing. I, I thought that was really noteworthy about the crash. It was, of course, a tragic accident. Two teens died in that accident, but it's not. That the it's not doesn't add anything to the, our readers I think unless they' are part of that community so that's why it's okay for local news I think to report on that because they have a member of the community that died in our accident that makes sense for local news to report it when we decided to report it was after national media picked up the story so national media ran the story, and that's where I have a red light that goes on for me is that why is the national media picking up that story there was a hundred other people that died on US road that day in other cars and didn't make national news it's not local news so that doesn't make sense in terms of a community based basis so so that has to be another reason why they pick up that story and of course that reason we know is because it's Tesla and Tesla gets clicks and media works on clicks so they run with a story and then they link it to the autopilot uh, accidents and, and and things like that. So that's when we decided to run the story and we run the story with the lead. Well, the, the headline itself is a uh, tragic fatal crash in Tesla Model S goes national because Tesla, meaning like because of the name Tesla. And uh, we, we, uh, so, we of course explain just that the, you, you guys know uh, our electric work, our, our article format work. We, we we start with the facts and then we go to electric stake and electric stake explains our view on the situation. And of course, our view is that it doesn't make sense for the national news to pick this up because there were uh, hundreds of other car fires that day. There was a hundred on average, based there's a hundred people that dies on US road uh, per per day. So, the only reason that why that was picked up is because it's a involving a Tesla vehicle and it gives a false perspective, of course, that there's a problem with, with Tesla's cars because uh, it gets picked up in the national news as if there's something else that is important about the accident other than two people dying, uh, which, again, like I said, it makes sense with the local media because they're a member of the community. Anyway, we, we try to give our perspective into, in, into that accident because of it on the fact that uh, it ended up on national news. And, uh, a, a member of, uh, the Tesla community known as, um. Yeah, we shouldn't name names. No, we don't name names. I mean, he, he did it publicly, so I, I don't, I don't feel bad about naming his name. I, I, I don't think we should. Okay. Anyway, you, you, you guys, if you've seen it, you, you, know about it. But he, uh, he's a prominent member of the Tesla community. Uh, he has his own podcast about Tesla and anything. Um, he, he called us an hypocrite for making that post and, link up link uh compared us directly to the same people that we are we were cr- criticizing meaning the mainstream media and i mean i think there's a big issue with that starting with the fact that what the mainstream media did and what we did is is not comparable and thing, i mean the only thing that is comparable is that we of course we're both getting clicks from it but that's not the point of it of that that's just like a consequences of a, of making a valuable post uh in our case but what the mainstream media did—they they didn't point out the fact that the there wasn't any value in the post going national because of uh, other than having Tesla in the name, especially because, like we said, the only reason they're doing it is is because Tesla is getting clicks. So just the fact that you point that out changed everything, it's because you're saying that. We are explaining why this post is going national. National News is not is not explaining why they're posting it. The way they, they're explaining it is that, of course, it's a Tesla vehicle and they link it again to the autopilot accident and stuff like that.
1: Right, um, and they don't say it directly. They say like, oh, you know, it's not like there was an autopilot accident a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. there was this car fire a couple of weeks ago. And they don't say that, you know, this one's like that. But They can't. They, yeah. Right. They can't. So they just say,
0: "Oh, a few weeks ago that happens," and of course, right. And then the
1: people put that together in their head as they're reading that, like, "Oh, these Teslas are unreliable, and they catch on fire, and they explode, and kill people."
0: Yeah. So anyway, well, what pissed me off about that, and I know a few people to reach out to me after that uh, that Twitter thread and everything, is that is that. That person kept emphasizing to his following that there was no value in the post, which I think is just plainly wrong. And we know that just from the reception that they had from the post. And I, I got plenty of messages of people actually reaching out to those media and to those reporters saying that uh, it, it wasn't right the way they reported about it. And um, also a bunch of people showed that uh, our post was showing up, right? If you were looking for Tesla and were searching for Tesla, uh, the first thing that you get was the, the, a bunch of posts about the crash and so people will click on those posts and just read about Tesla that way in a very bad light that didn't make sense again. But our post was showing up right next to it. So if someone click on our post instead of their post and they get instead the perspective of explaining why all those posts you're saying right now about Tesla's crash are happening, which is, again, because of, uh, of uh, the national news capitalizing on the, on the Tesla crash you you cannot say that that's the same thing it's completely different like the end result of someone that read our post and read their post is completely different you you cannot argue against that if you read our article and you read their article you you don't you don't come out the, 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 the with the same thinking about what happened so anyway that that pissed me off so i'm, I'm sorry for the little rant here but uh i had to say it even though Seth is making me not say the name of the person.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I just like, I, well, a couple of things. One, like I think, um, you know, like we, we, we appreciate the Tesla community. We appreciate the feedback, um, from everybody. Um, I, you know, in this case, I personally don't think the person read the article. They just kind of made an assumption based on the, the title and the lead, um, and didn't really think it through. Um, I'm, totally on your side on it uh i just think that uh you know I, I i like to see like debate rather than you know it seemed like that person was a little bit quick to uh judge and you know yeah like, like if, and question our motives which yeah, you that, know that's if a you, problem i mean. if, if you've been following us you know that we don't like we're not all about the clicks necessarily i mean you know we have to mm. get get paid but you know, we're here for the long haul, and we're trying to, uh, you know, we're trying to talk about the the nuances of the uh, Tesla ecosystem as well as other EVs and solar and all that. Um, yeah. We're so we're you know we're we're long on this whole thing, so we're not we're not just trying to get clicks.
0: Yeah, so that, that's the thing. You're like you didn't get my attentions correctly at all, and the the biggest thing, of course, is that I respected that person. Uh, I, I was a fan of uh, of his work and then the first uh, instead of just if he had a problem with the post he could have just reached out to me and explained his, his position and I could have explained my situation and he didn't do that instead he go publicly calling me an hypocrite for, for writing that and of of course you're going to get a bad reaction from me if you, if you do that it's just it, it, there's just no way around it. And uh, after he started saying that I started a third with him, <laughs> I didn't start anything. I, I wrote a post and he called me an hypocrite on, online. So the, if there's any third that started, it was on his side. But anyway, I, we, we weren't looking after clicks like said said because I could have written that article uh, like half a day before that because I, I, I got the, the tip like early in the morning from... Um, from that, And I just didn't write it until it went national because, uh, like I said, that was the lead of the article is the fact it was going national. It's not the fact that uh, it happened. Uh, even though, like I said, though, uh, with, I don't want to be inappropriate because we do write about other Tesla crashes, too, that doesn't go national. Uh, we are often the first to report on them. But when we do that, we normally have an angle about a, a safety feature. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, but in this case, we didn't have like we, we couldn't even see the the car. Like if we had like a good pictures of the of the vehicle, we can maybe have some insight into uh, what happened to the crash. But uh, uh, it was it was completely burned to the ground, so we had no idea or what, no insight other than that. But well, yeah, that was it. Moving on, uh, Chevy Bolt TV, 2019. Do uh, did I get anyone excited yet? Do do anyone get excited uh, by big, big, about big changes? Afoot. <laughs> They're no longer going to be electric blue,
1: but there's going to be green mist, which which uh, looks if, hideous. <laughs>
0: it looks like an, a faded mint is what I would call it. I've never uh, seen a a, a vault, so the, the color is available in the vault. Have you ever seen a vault with that color?
1: No, no I'll one is honest. buying. I don't that. think I don't think you would ever like. I don't think anybody would pick that on purpose.
0: Yeah. I so why are, they I, already, I, why are they adding into the vault TV?
1: I don't know. Uh,
0: they have I, to have those statistics, right? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so the 2019 Bolt, we got uh, the uh, dealer documentation for the version coming uh, later this year. And no powertrain update, no major spec update, but w- you have three- Which is
1: fine, I think. The powertrain is great. Yeah, uh, it's already good. I think, I think you throw a couple seats in there that, like, maybe are high-end and yeah. you eliminate, like, half the problems. Maybe some better tires. Uh Less, you know, or less, a better better tire option at least
0: Less plastic in the interior, maybe like you know.
1: yeah, like an, what they should do is have like a a Buick or Cadillac version of that thing, um like they the did
0: people. with the volt in the e d r that that yeah. Went well <laughs> that, that <went> <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's not going <laughs> to go over well just too expensive, really, but yeah, um other than that, like there's this new smartphone entry system. Uh, we already saw that with the, the Maven car sharing system that uh, is utilizing a lot of uh, of Bolt EV in their fleet so, but now it seems like they're making that uh, an available option for just regular buyers which sounds a lot like uh, maybe they're going to open up the Maven system that, that's just speculation at this point and that's not from the uh, documentation anymore but it's the possibility that they could Let people include their car in the Maven system, like uh, if you're a private car owner, a a lot like the Tesla network, like Elon Musk has been talking about having both vehicles, part of the fleet that are uh, owned by Tesla and Tesla owners being able to lend their vehicle to the Tesla network. Um, But of course, that's just linked to the uh, self-driving thing and everything. So Maven is not about self-driving. It's just about car sharing in general. So maybe that's a possibility. Uh, or they could just be uh, using the smartphone entry for, for for people wanting wanting to use a smartphone as, uh, as the key. But the difference is that in the actual documentation, they are ca- they are putting that feature under uh, sort of a car shaming category. So that's why we, we we are speculating on that. But uh, no, that's pretty much it for the uh, Chevy Volt, Chevy Bolt 2019. Well, no pricing information, so there might be a pricing update to uh, later this year. Uh, we're gonna have to see what. Uh, I'm gonna wait for that. Finally, uh, there was a big survey. That's a annual survey from Triple AAA that comes out every year, and uh, they uh, they poll their um, their members, and uh, they do a yearly poll uh, survey on uh, the interest for electric vehicles from their members, and they publish uh, this year's result and the big number is 20%. So 20% of the people polled in that survey say that they are uh they want an electric vehicle for the next car purchase.
1: Yeah, uh, so for me that's a couple things. Uh you know, the the um the the polling people, so I'm assuming those are AAA members, uh which I think tend toward the older uh you know traditional folks perhaps not maybe city dwellers or uh young folks who I think are more likely to embrace electric vehicles so 20% seems low to me um they they did break down though with the generations uh, the number yeah but i i just feel like if you're a AAA member then you're automatically in this you know it's like if you have a landline phone right if you have a landline phone still then you're know likely a little bit older, or you just haven't gotten rid of it yet, or whatever yeah. I think if you look at the numbers of people who have landline phones, they're probably just a little bit demographically older and more traditional but yeah. so that's that's a b uh twenty percent like I was like, yeah that's kind of I mean initially, I thought you know it's over fifty percent I mean I guess I hang out with e v buyers more often but um i I think that's people who actually intend to buy a car twenty percent are gonna buy an EV next or plan to buy an EV next which when you think about it we're now at like 1% so that seems like a pretty big jump if you think about it that way and if yeah you think about there's it, a of, AAA members that's an even bigger jump
0: yeah there's another way to look at it like when, when I saw it I thought I, to me it sounds like a failure <laughs> if a majority of people still don't see uh, uh electric vehicles as a, as a possibility for their next car purchase i think we sh- we still have an awareness issue we still have a lot, a lot of work to do to uh uh make people understand that evs are a real possibility for your next car purchase but uh, a lot of people reached out to me saying that they thought that was great. Of course, if you look like 20%, the way this cause it depends on how you frame it, of course. There's 20%, but the way that uh, AAA framed it was uh, 50 million Americans. So, of course, if you think about 50 million Americans and you think about the, the number of EVs that are being sold per year nowadays, uh, it looks like a giant jump. Um, but it's, it's not maybe the ideal way to look at it, I think. Uh, the other way to look at it is the difference between last year's survey. So last year's survey was fifteen percent. So it went from fifteen percent to twenty percent, which is a twenty-five percent jump. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. I mean,
1: it's five percent of the American public. Yeah.
0: Now, you know, in a year, right? That changed their mind about about EVs. So that's more encouraging, I think. Uh, but then you look. At the reasons why they don't uh, want the people that don't want an EV for the next car, the reason why, like so, unsurprisingly, we're talking about charging, we're talking about range anxiety, and especially you know, so, a lot of EV owners listen to that podcast, and we we know that it, it's not that big of a concern for most people, really. <laughs> like uh, especially, like they they're talking about range anxiety, they're talking about literally like being on the road and not having enough range and being stuck on the road that's a weird concern to me because you have the same thing with it's pretty much the same thing as uh not having enough gas and uh, being being stranded because you don't have enough gas of course there's the the idea that you can actually like go go get some gas walk a few miles to gas station and come back and everything but i mean (laughs) that's just a big hassle anyway um so if you you you're going you are planning a trip and you're going on a trip, minimal planning and you're not gonna run out of range it's like almost impossible like you really be need to be trying to if of course you're just going on the road and just like going on uh, whatever the road takes me, then, of course, that's a concern because you you, just, you, you could end up just driving more than uh, uh, and being too far away from a trotting station. But who does that these days? Like, uh, I haven't heard about that much. And the the biggest the, the best example is, is AAA itself. So, AAA, uh, last year, they, they launched uh, a fleet of trucks. So, they, they have their trucks to have people that are stranded on, on the side of the road, the roadside assistance uh, uh, kind of, uh, of service. And they added EV charging to those trucks. And even though they did have uh, a few uh, requests, they acknowledged that they didn't have as many as they thought they would. And they get half a million uh, assistance requests for people running out of the gas. So it's not like it's a new issue uh, running out of uh, of energy. It's uh, it's completely uh, normal. It, more about the driver than anything else. It's more about the driver than the car, I think.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I I uh, you know I I it isn't brave like you know you can't like I know the first time I had an electric car I had some concerns and fears and I you know I can't kind of make fun of people for having those same um, issues because they you know they just haven't been inside an EV and they. They don't know what it's like. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, once you start thinking like an EV owner, like you, you have to say, well, look, you know, I have 200 miles every day when I start. Is today going to be a day where I'm over 200 miles? And really, like, that's not a lot of days, right? No. And, and then, you know, on those rare days where you're going to Florida or something, something crazy, uh, then you have to start thinking about, okay, so I have 200 miles. Where where am I going to need, you know, where am I going to hit around 200 miles you know, and so what are my charging options at that point? And you know, where's the nearest supercharger if you're in a Tesla or DC fast charger if you're in a Chevy Bolt? And you know, you have to start thinking about it a little bit. But like, you know, we're talking a few days a year unless you're, you know, a big crazy, you know, uh, salesperson
0: on the salesperson road. who
1: drives like all day every yeah. day. And you know, if if that's the case, you know, like maybe you know maybe an EV isn't for you because you're like the one percent of the population that. Is in the middle of nowhere, yeah. driving
0: you know crazy all day, but, but that that doesn't reflect the survey though. That's that right? That's the point. Exactly. Yeah. So they we 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 get why some people uh, it doesn't make sense, but the number just uh, don't add up. Like a majority of people should certainly think that buying an EV as the next car makes sense. And we're taking into consideration pricing too. Of course, like we are test owners, so we're sort of biased and that it's a lot easier with the supercharger network and everything. But if you take into consideration, so buying your next car, and most people uh, keep their car for five years or more, like in the next five years, it's going to be a completely different landscape. If you, if you don't think that EV is going to be your next car, I mean, you're, you're, I don't think you're seeing the, the future of the uh, industry right. Yeah, I think yeah your car
1: basically—if you buy an internal combustion engine car in five years, in my opinion, in my opinion, is going to be almost valueless. Yeah, like you're not—you're not, you're not going to get any money for that
0: car in five years. Yeah, it's not the resale value is going to suck. Uh, you you want—you want big battery, you want big energy density uh, in your car, you want battery capacity. That's going to what's going to be valuable in the future for a resale of a car. Uh, probably uh, autonomous driving capacity so that that's why tesla i think is a very ahead in terms of resale value if you if you, if they do manage to get uh, that self driving capacity with their current cars
1: yeah if you're thinking uh, long term if you're thinking yeah. like 5 years out if you're thinking you know 2 years out maybe not but like i think yeah. you know whenever those autonomous cars start hitting if you don't have autonomy in your car like that's going to be a huge
0: huge oh, like 50 hit. 80% value just completely drops from it automatically i think easily yep. so that that's why i think tesla is ahead of the curve here by if they can deliver on that promise that, that the hardware is gonna enable the fully self-driving i think that's a big plus um, way easier to pull the trigger on the car if you're aware of the self-driving future i think
1: yeah and uh i think we should end it
0: on that right yeah pretty much we we did a good hour last time with uh <laughs> with our, our new friend galley we went a little over and uh I know we said that Gali is going to be riding uh, on Electric to look for his byline. It hasn't happened yet, but uh, he he promised us it's going to have some content for us soon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, We want to thank everyone for listening uh, live on YouTube or in your podcast app. We appreciate it. If you can give us uh, feedback on the comments or a a review on iTunes and your other podcast app, Uh, we appreciate it a lot. A big thanks to our Patreon supporters too. We're now close to 250, I think uh we had a, a, a few more um, the past week and past month that makes a big difference for us uh, and we're going to be coming close to uh, our our 6 month now we said for those that gave an, enough for the, the the first 6 months we're going to send out our our apparel soon so the the oh, I, I had my oh, i my i had my hoodie on here you know, i wanted to show it but uh, we had the OD and we have the um, the t-shirt so we, after the six months, we're gonna to switch to uh, other rewards for for a Patreon that keeps supporting us. After that, so that uh, you, you still get something special from uh, from being a, an excellent supporter for us. So we're gonna keep you updated on that. But you can go to patreoncom electric for more information. So thanks a lot. Have a good week. We're gonna see you next time.